Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Good morning. We're Good morning. live. Good morning. Good morning. We were just talking Welcome. about uh, old age. Old age. We were talking <laughs> about how old Jeff is. Yeah, how old Jeff is. Which is right. Dinko. He's <laughs> really old, 51. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Mm-hmm. I thought you were a lot older than that. <laughs> I look older than that. But <laughs> you do, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> I, I saw a picture. Just ask my kids. I saw like, a picture the other day, and it wasn't anybody famous or anything, but it was a picture of this old guy who probably was in his 80s, and, and it said, you know, ministry is hard, and then it was, you know, Bob, 29-year-old pastor or something like that. <laughs> like, eh, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> We're not as old as Brent, though. No, he's he's been around for a while, that yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. 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 He has. He's, uh, he's not here to defend himself. He's on, so he's on the way to uh, Idaho. I doubt he's even listening to it right now. But, uh, he might be tuned in. He'll listen later. He's going out to see family for a few days. So, Brent, yeah. if you're listening, pay attention to the road. Yeah. Keep so, the rubber so side we down. we got Jeff on with us. and you gotta, like, Get yeah. right in the mic there, yeah, otherwise we'll be able to hear you. There we go. Um, probably don't need any introduction, but Jeff's been on before. I've been on before. Everybody yeah. knows who he is. So. Jeff's a reg. Right. Yeah. He's one of the decent pastors. I mean, he's, pro- yeah. he's probably there. He doesn't have a Lego yet, but we'll probably get him. <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> I don't know what I want to look that, that to look like. I'm sure it'll be Captain America. We should probably, in fact, people are so familiar with you, we should probably have you give them a dissertation update. Yeah, there oh, was that's that, a good idea. You know, uh, yep. uh, a few times back, that was what you were doing. It was. We, we did a podcast called Helping Jeffy Pass His Class. Right. Helping, helping Jeffy yeah. Pass His Class. So yep, I'm actually done. I got my de- uh, demonstration in October. First, third of October is my, they call it a demonstration now, a defense demonstration. <laughs> the official written part is done. Okay. So now the demonstration is just kind of walking them through it. And the, you did it on yeah. what, in case people don't remember? Uh, I what did it was. on the Suffering Shepherd. Is there like some kind of infatuation you have? Or <laughs> <laughs> That's the topic for today. So. Okay, so it's all written down. It's all done. A million pages long, right? Week. How how long is that bad boy? Two hundred and sixty-two in depth. Wow. Yeah. So. Super small font. Right. So, so you basically wrote a book. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. you know they do it. So you, if, I mean, they want to pub- have you published yeah. at some point. But for sure. Yeah. So. Well, My only desire is that it would be something that people could use, like in preparing sure. for ministry. So, well, yeah, there's a lot of 27, 29 right. year old pastors out there who got to need a right. look yeah. like a handbook on their suffering. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what happens after your demonstration? Then it's then I'm done. Graduation will be next, not till next spring. So, they give you a cap and a gown, and cap and a gown. You walk it. Yep. That's rad, dude. So. Yeah, that's awesome. It's good. It feels good to be done. I feel like I have a lot more brain space now. Yeah, that's nice. Good. That's that's killer. A friend of mine likened it to having an app running in the background all the time. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so it's like okay, yeah. that app is closing down, thankfully. So well, then what? Like, what are you going to fill your time with? Yep, I'm not going to fill my time with anything. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I think there's that's some projects the at home. I think <laughs> there's some wife projects might at home. Something but else to say about that? There yeah. Is, yeah, I saw you at the lumberyard the other day. I speaking was. of projects, at I home. was. Yeah, but I finished that. So yeah, yeah. 
that's the challenge here, you know. It's the same thing when we lived in Alaska. Is you're, you spend, seem like you spend your summers working on <laughs> outdoor projects. Right, totally. limited time. You have to, yeah. I mean, you're hibernating in the winter, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we got a window to accomplish all I that. I got to get some better hobbies than building stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something to do. That's there is. the problem. Yep. Yeah. And as soon as you get to the end of the list, the There's beginning of the list is again. needed again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Lots of people chopping wood right now. Yeah, I've been stacking a lot of wood. I don't chop wood anymore, yeah. uh, but I do stack it. So yeah. we, we had our, like, four cords delivered. Not all at the same time, but, yeah. Is that about how much you burn in a year? In a probably, like, probably like four and a half. Yeah. Our do you ones, use it our, kind of for main main source of heat? No, it, it's our main source yeah. of heat. So we have one, one stove in the main part of the house that basically runs 24-7. Oh. And so that one, that one, I don't know, probably four cord. Yeah. average and then we have a stove in the other side of the house that's kind of holidays or when it gets really cold ah gotcha so, yeah so yeah we're we're probably a good four and a half eat. cords a year yeah. but that's our main source of heat we don't run our furnace or anything right so yeah but you got to stack it which just seems so dumb because you, you <laughs> spend all this time stacking it just to go out over the next few months and bring it all in right yeah. and stack it in the house and it's just when you start you need like a conveyor belt for like the stack you do. that would be nice okay <laughs> so i saw one of the raddest thing once at a customer's house this dude was handy and he was just into cool things mm-hmm. like he was pretty wealthy and money wasn't an object but he had gone and found all these old mine carts like legitimate mine carts and mine cart tracks oh, oh wow and he ended up building a dealio that went from his wood pile Right up to, to his back, basically door that opened <laughs> to the fireplace. That's awesome. And that he would run this mine cart wow. back and forth. And it was the coolest. It made me feel like a kid. You get like those, you know, those things they have on campuses now where they deliver the food, the little, uh, you know, just do that. Just get a big one and you could have it deliver the wood right to the back door. I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. You'd have to have some tracks on it, I think, though, wouldn't it, for snow? And Yes. But I am cool yeah. with this time of the year in general. Like running the stove this morning just feels good. Right. To get up, grab your coffee, you're sitting by the stove, and it's putting out it's a, a nice heat and yeah. a nice glow. Yeah. And I, I love it, man. I love yeah. this time of the year. So we're, we're waiting for our wood delivery. We don't have it yet. Ah. Maybe next week. Yeah. Do you guys have places you get it from? Just Yeah. Whoever? Just, or? Yeah. David's got a hookup. Got a hookup. Yeah. Sweet. But you... But not for people that run pellets. I know. So, <laughs> so don't even ask. I actually wish we had a wood stove, but to convert it, I don't know what that would take. So I uh, know a guy who knows. Yep. We can talk about that later. All right. What are we? What That's are a whole we doing for a conversation? What are we doing? Suffering for Jesus? Yeah, we're doing a. You guys asked if I would uh, kind of lead the discussion. Appreciate today, you course, doing it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's on suffering as a christian which is not always a popular topic i don't think don't you most most people don't want to talk about it don't you find it weird because we actually do find ourselves talking about this a lot like it just simply comes up a lot like in our conversations and stuff but um isn't it a weird subject for us to to talk about because we're so detached right from like even a lot of what we're probably going to talk about today and read like when we read about suffering here and sharing like we just don't we don't get it we don't, do it. we don't get it. Me, we try to avoid it. it. Yeah, I we mean, do. There's a whole kind of theological strain of Christians Dang that, like, right. that's just not part of their theology. Dang, no, easy. I'm getting all. to the questions. <laughs> all right. Come just, just kind of wetting the appetite a bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think for we me, the it. reason this kind of has come more about is, you know, we've been studying Second Corinthians 
Yeah, that'll you know? do it. And so there's a lot of Paul's yeah. talking about a lot of that stuff, and I, I think it's one of probably. I mean, as far as I can tell, it seems like it's one of his most honest uh, books that, and letters that he's written about the suffering that he had faced as a Christian. You know, as a yeah, as a Christian, but also as a, go- a minister of the gospel. I think it's honest. Period. Like, yeah. if there's one that I question about, like God's like full inspiration through a man like it's, it's almost second corinthians because he goes into like madman mode right like yeah. it, it's honest yeah. and i get what he's doing and i appreciate right what he's doing but he's he's almost taking this juxtaposed yeah position in the way that he's presenting himself it's a little bit sarcastic a little bit blown out of proportion <laughs> right. uh for a reason but it, it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of funky to read how how he unpacks it there but it's yeah. clear it's clearly about like Everything he's gone through for the sake of the gospel, right? Like it's a it's a self validation, yeah. Without it being, and then when he refers prideful. to it as light and momentary affliction, yeah, yeah. And then in you know Second Corinthians eleven, it's like, oh, here's all the things that I've faced, You're yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't none none seem of which seem light really or momentary, light, momentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it makes us feel like garbage even right, more yeah. than we <laughs> already like, do. That's eh, not us, but it's like oh, I, <laughs> right. I totally know what he's talking about. But Paul. I think that's sometimes the challenge, right? Is it, it? I think there are times when we read things like that, and we we don't always we sort of like, well, we haven't gone through what Paul has, so right. that ours is not really that big of a deal. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it's a big deal to us as we walk through it, right? And so I think I think what we I don't think what we have in the evangelical culture is a theology of suffering, right? Um, Agreed. Totally you know, agree. So I think the first thing I that I have I want to ask is just this is just agree or disagree and then kind of I mean you guys have already kind of alluded to it. Agree. Do we are you know <laughs> agree or disagree that we we sort of live in a suffering averse culture? Agree. Like and why would you say that is? Um <clears throat> particularly where just the part of the world that we live in you know like what what is suffering? I think there would be, you know, some America, just because this has been in the news lately, you know, like the coach can't pray on the football field. We call that suffering, and I don't, I just don't think I'd call that suffering. Right. right. Whereas, you know, another part of the world, like you're getting your head lopped yep. off on YouTube, you know, yeah. for your faith, like that, that's yeah. suffering. So, right. so we yeah, like we not being able to pray in public school is, is called suffering. Right. And it's like, no, it's not. Not suffering. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, and, and so, so we don't, we don't understand what suffering is. Yeah. Even though we were, were averse to it, we don't understand what it is. Right. Yeah, we're spoiled, dude. I will even use the word privilege. We've right. been so privileged here as as a people in a church, which we should thank God for. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, that I haven't had to watch my kids lose their head or I haven't lost mine. Right. Right. I can walk into any church this Sunday or this week yeah. and hear any sermon out of the open Bible that I want. Like, these are rad things. Yeah. But um, they weren't really living like that. <laughs> Yeah, and I think <laughs> they're getting chased out of town. And, and I don't remember who said it, but you think about the the, the phrase, you know, the the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Yeah. You know, I, I I think we those things are almost otherworldly to us. Yep. Like we don't right. have any idea even how to how to sort of fathom that. No, it our, feels funny talking Western about a subject culture. like this, yeah. as right, if I even like, know what well, I'm talking about right. when I look at yeah, it. Yeah, what do we know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do is, I know? What does suffering mean totally. for us? You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, part of I think why why it's kind of caused me to think more and more about it is, is I think there is going to come a time when we're going to face more and more suffering than we have in the past, and how do we kind of prepare for it? That's that's my thought. Even as a sure. pastor, is sure. how do I help my people? Sure. 
even in a place like Sun River, mm-hmm. to prepare for the suffering that will come as they stand up for their faith right. yeah. know, and speak out in, in those ways. So, so I think there's a distinction to be made. I don't know if you were going to go there, so sorry if I'm jumping ahead to something, but there's a distinction in suffering. There's the kind of suffering that comes from just sin being in the world, you know, death and disease sure. and sickness that's kind of beyond our control that mm-hmm. we're just, you know, we're subject to because of a sin-fallen world. Yeah. Then, then there's suffering that comes along with, like, if you're a jerk Christian, Right, you kind of bring it on yourself. <laughs> right, and then there's like persecution. That's a like uh-huh. being outspoken for yeah. your faith and standing for what's true. That we kind of have some control over whether right. we're going to be quiet or not. Yeah, um, and so, so I don't know. I just kind of think of suffering in those kind of three buckets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can all we can all relate to the. We'll just call it like the individual, the personalized suffering, which is just basic things like whether it be with the sin within us, you know, our, our dealing with ourselves, living with ourselves yeah. or losing people that we love. Or, I mean, those are, those are things that are um, common to everybody, but then yeah. there's these whole yeah. other levels. Like a lot of what we see Paul talking about, especially in second Corinthians are things that we don't know about, which right. is a, a, as a result of being a gospel carrier. Right. right. Yeah. And a church planter. And <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. th- those are things that we don't. And that's the kind do. of suffering, like persecution that we work hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. We totally do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think then the tra- transition that into how, how have we sort of in the evangelical world or church brought the, the culture's view of suffering into, into the church? I mean, in come my, again. In my mind, there's a there's there's a sense where we have bought into the prosperity gospel without. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the prosperity gospel's view of suffering is that you know, if if God loves me, has a wonderful plan for my life, then I'm then I'm I'm not gonna I shouldn't face any sort of suffering. Yeah, for sure. And so yeah. when it comes, yeah. it's typically well, I've probably sinned in some way, yeah. or I just don't have enough faith. Right. Right, and so there's this mindset that I think we at, at times can buy into the in the evangelical church that, well, if I'm a Christian and I'm living in obedience to God and His Word, then I I shouldn't suffer. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I, I would say that people like that buy into that. I would say it's first of all, it's natural for us to want to buy into that because of our own sinfulness and selfishness. Right. Uh, second of all, these people are not honestly and um, on any kind of a um, meaningful level reading their scriptures right Right. so they've they've adopted um a doctrine of suffering or prosperity that's not tied or anchored to the information we actually have in our scriptures right and so and this is part of the problem is we have a lot of ignorant people today that aren't aren't, that don't read their bibles they're not responsible with the word of god right right and they're sitting under people that aren't either yeah <laughs> yeah right so they're hearing stuff yeah because you yeah. think about it i mean when, even when jesus said in john 16 you know in this world you will have trouble right? it's a promise Be- yeah so take yeah. heart because yeah. i have over the world. and others right. that talk about that they hated you know, me and, they're gonna right. hate you yeah and right. even in in you know it talks about a following in christ's steps well what are we following in his steps and well we're following his steps in suffering yeah yeah you know yeah and i think trying to Trying to think through that and understand what the evangelical culture is like, it, it almost then, when we talk about suffering, when we preach about suffering, it, it almost kind of shakes people up. Like, they don't necessarily sure, it know, doesn't compute. know no. what to do with it. Right? I, I, I believe yeah. this is, like, part, part of the reason why evangelicalism today is having such a hard time with the changing of the, of the tide socially in this country. It's because we've been kind of a christianized people we've all kind of looked the same and sounded the same Mm -hmm. and 
followed the same rules. And so what that's done is eliminated challenge, right? We're all able to live in harmony pretty well. Yeah. Right. But now that we, we see a post-Christian or a post-truth culture here where we live, mm-hmm. we hate it because we're actually starting to feel the opposition that's always been promised so that we might walk in the things that Christ has walked in. Right. So it's it's a really weird... Yeah. yeah. It's actually backwards from how most evangelicals see it, sure. you know, right. because they're just going, oh, we need to fix this. We need to get God back in the schools and God back in the courthouse and God back into right. this and that so that and that's everything gonna... can go quiet again. Right. And I don't know, we're just... Our Bibles would say that. <laughs> like right. we're, we're finally, it's kind of exciting that we're finally, as the Church of America, coming into right. the opportunities that we've never had right. of Suffer. things that we've been given to walk in, <laughs> yeah, like suffering. And people probably, even some people right now probably hearing that are like, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever right. heard you say, David. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, it's just true. Well, and isn't it true, though, that you think about I mean, I don't. I don't think it's like, well, we should go out and look for it. No. But I do think there is a sense where, as we walk through those things, it does develop in us a resilient faith. Yeah. And without it, do we? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, we I, should I, be surprised when it comes our way, because, right? Because yeah. our Bible tells us it's going to come our way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we you alluded to this earlier, Jeff, but we have kind of a jacked up view of God a lot of times that, that we take kind of our own. You know, we impose things on God. Well, if God really is loving, then this should never happen. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and it's a fundamental misunderstanding of, of who God is and, yep. and how the world works. Yeah, um, you know, in terms of you asked earlier about you know just kind of culture's view of suffering coming into the church. You know, I think culturally, like kind of love of neighbor and concern for neighbor has it, like it's going away rapidly, totally. mm-hmm. and it's we, it's kind of you know every man for himself, you know, right. kind, kind of a thing. And, and I'm going to do what I have to do to protect me and to make sure that I don't suffer and that I don't face adversity. No, we've and got Christians loading larger, guns, you yeah, know. Just Load. a larger cultural value. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and think about, too, there there are at times in, I think, in the Christian world even, where there's, I call it the, the Joab principle, right, where he put Isaiah out on the front lines and then he withdrew. Right, and so there's there's Christians that are standing up for their faith, and there's people around them that other believers are like, yeah, I don't know that guy, right? You know, because I don't want to be associated with that just in case that that happens, or in case that that comes my way. So we just kind of you know we we kind of at times go into hiding in some ways. Oh, for sure. So think, I mean, and I want to unpack this a little bit more. Like when we think about suffering, what are what are some reasons that we might suffer as Christians? Just, just in general. I mean, we've talked about a couple of them. Maybe it's things that we, you know, mistakes that we made or sin, whatever the sure. case might be. What are, what are some some reasons we might suffer as Christians? Well, he already said one of them is just our our direct affiliation. Like they hated me, the world. Right. Like in general, hated yeah. me. They're going to hate you too. Yeah. And so that's a strong word. So Pete, like, yeah. Again, like if it comes to like a biblical anthropology, like people aren't born neutral, like we're. Oh, I can either like God or not. Like we, we're opposed to God, right? Apart from mm-hmm. the work of yeah. of God in us, right. and so like people are going to be opposed to those who follow God. Yeah, you know, truly, Just by who speak the same yeah. things, Just who by carry the same message. Yes, yeah. 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 So a lot of it's even righteousness, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we see um, all the all the gender questioning and marriage questioning, and we're seeing all kinds of you know, moral questioning. Yeah. The Christians well at some point end up being the only ones that stand up and say, you know, not not hate them for it, but say, 
no, nah, this is false. Mm-hmm. They're going to hate us just because of that, just because right. yeah. of that. Right. Yeah. No matter so, what your intention yeah. or so your it, motives are. It's right. a truth war. Yeah. It's always been a truth war. So yeah. I, th- I think, first and foremost, Christians will always be hated, opposed, and, and suffer s- suffering, <laughs> persecution, right. sure. because we're, we're truth carriers and truth bearers. Yeah. And so what would you say to those that maybe it doesn't seem like they suffer much or at all? They kind of live a pretty comfortable life. Like me? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, we know people, yeah. right? I mean, we know people that are like, man, they they don't really seem to have faced much difficulty in their life. I know I have. Yeah. You know, I mean, as far yeah. as just kind of in general. Yeah. Well, again, here, there's where I think the distinction is important between kind of general suffering and, and persecution. Right. And, and persecution, like, it's within our control mm-hmm. how much we want to be, yeah. how much we're willing to take. Right. right. I, I can sit here and be quiet. I can have a quiet faith and I can have kind of internal convictions and, mm-hmm. and not rock the boat, you know, in a crowd or with a group of people and, yeah. and avoid persecution. Right. Or, you know, like I can speak up when it's necessary yeah. and, and bring on the persecution, right. you know, willingly kind of walk into persecution. Right. Well, yeah. th- this is really why we don't evangelize, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this right. is why none of us are serious about sharing the gospel of Christ in our personal lives. Right. Yep. We won't even... It, it invites it's, persecution. It's not right. even a, a question of getting jailed or anything like that because we won't in this country. Yeah. It's a question of someone not liking you right. or someone getting angry with you or losing a friendship, right, is why we don't. So we... Yeah. Go quiet. We stay quiet right. to avoid suffering. Yeah, and 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 I think there is a sense, at least you know, in, in some of the reformed circles, that well, if, if God is the one who saves people, then why why do I need to? Yeah, like he, right. he'll do it. Yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, but it's like yeah, but the scriptures are pretty clear that right. we're to be evangelistic in the way that we live our life. Yep, in that's the way how that he we does have it. conversations, <laughs> yep. right? I mean, that's how he does it. How can they hear without someone preaching to right. them? You know, yeah. I think yeah. there is there is that sense where we sort of without maybe at times knowing it or intentionally just avoiding it. I mean, I think yeah, we all sure. would, could tell stories in our own lives of times where the the door has been open and we've avoided it. Right. Yeah. It's like, ah, I don't think so. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I think there's a sense where we at times will avoid that suffering as well. No doubt. So what do you think suffering is designed to do in our life as Christians or persecution or, I mean, what's the, what's sort of the purpose of the pain, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of the, the, what's, what do you guys think is... is I think of he- Hebrews 11, where, you know, it talks about, you know, people that we know, <laughs> you know, Moses and Noah and David and Samson and, you know, great things they did for God. And then people that we, we don't even know their names who, you know, some of them set armies to flight. Some of them were sawn in two. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and it says the world isn't even worthy of those people mm. for their, their witness, um, yeah. you know, for the gospel. Um, and, and it gives us them as, as, you know, those who have gone before us, you know, as, as our example. And it says that they, they were living for a better land. Right, they were willing to endure suffering and persecution and pain for something better, something that's to come. And so, there's a sense in which our suffering, uh, our willingness to walk into persecution, is a witness. Right. It's part of our Christian witness. It's yeah. part of us displaying gospel truth in the mm-hmm. way that we live. <clears throat> yeah, because I think there. I mean, if you think about it in Second Corinthians, a number of times, it seems as though Paul is. Um, displaying for us a suffering that's not designed to teach us something. Right. It's actually designed to teach others something. Yeah, it's a declaration. Yeah, Yeah. it's a declaration of of the glories of Christ. It's a retelling of the most amazing story ever told Mm -hmm. every time we suffer 
as his right. follower. So it actually puts him and the gospel of Christ on display when yeah. we do it. And you're thinking, well, that just seems weird. And if it does that, <laughs> people are missing it. You know what I mean? Right. But you're right. I think it's in Second Corinthians where that's clearly like the primary reason that Paul mm-hmm. gives yeah. for or what it's actually doing. Right. It, it so to authenticate the gospel. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in that, we're identifying with our Lord and Savior, right. which is for us. Yeah. And there's yeah. a blessing there too, even though it looks like there's no possible way there'd be a blessing right. to, sure. <laughs> to sure. us. But do you think things. that the that in our evangelical world, typically when we think about suffering or affliction or persecution, that it we typically think, oh, this is for me to learn a lesson. Yeah. I mean that. I mean, I, I know that was me for What's a long time. What's God trying to tell me? Right. What's he trying to yeah. teach me? What he's trying to tell me? What I need to learn? Let me learn it so or I can Or what did on. I do wrong? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my punishment. I must have screwed up <laughs> right, yeah. somewhere along the way. Right, you yeah. Know. We, we, we have a karma theology yeah. while thinking we don't have a karma right. theology. <laughs> we actually yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, right. I think there is a sense, and I'm just kind <laughs> of you know, drawing from my own experience with suffering, that like, like a, a faith that's never tested mm. it is, is theoretical. Right. right. And, and it's what our faith is tested mm-hmm. that, that like it becomes real to us right. in a way. So, so, so there, like God does accomplish things through our suffering, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, if we never have to depend on him, like truly depend on him, um, you know, what kind of faith do we have? And so, so the blessing of suffering is that it puts us in a position often to draw near to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because that's all like, what else can we do sometimes mm-hmm. in, in the thick of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so God does use that, you know, in our lives to draw us near to him, to grow our faith, to test our faith. Um, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, in suffering, there's a there's a, a formulating of our faith and a and a and a deepening of it as yeah, well. Absolutely. You know? and, and I think that, I mean, we think about that like if if in a lot of ways, a lot of things that we have in our world has been tested in some way to see how it's going to hold up. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about you know cars being tested to see how they how right. they do during wrecks and those sort of <clears> things. <throat> but but somehow I think when it comes to our faith, um, it's not as resilient as it could be or I think ought to be because we sort of avoid the suffering that we helps avoid to the thing that, that makes it resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We become <laughs> experts at eliminating the possibility of it. So like yeah. like, like I, I was even thinking of um, you know things are getting crazier, especially in this state that we live in like thinking is just it's cuckoo bro right (laughs) and so we see like it's become really popular to see this migration right of people leaving Oregon to go to places like Idaho right places where people maybe live the same way or value the same things Mm -hmm. or think the same way yeah and and that and that's all that is is where we we see the writing on the wall here we see that it's going to become more of a challenge for me to believe what I believe and mm. think what I think and live yeah. the way I live here. So I'm just going to go ahead and like dip now right. <laughs> to yeah. avoid what might be coming rather than going like, oh, I might actually have an opportunity mm-hmm. to really shine. Right. It might hurt, right? but it's going to be for Christ, yeah. you know? And uh, no one's thinking that way, man. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like yeah. anyone's no. thinking that way. How no. do we... And I agree. I think there's, I mean, I think part of it too is there's a sense. I mean, we live in a community where a lot of people come to, to visit. They come to recreate. They come to retire. Yeah. Right. And so it's, there almost can become. You come to live your of, best life now. Right. Well, you do. And, it, and it's almost, there is almost the sense of like, I've, I've been there, done that. Now I'm just coming to kind of coast into yeah, eternity. Totally. And I'm like, yeah. Totally. And, and it's, 
it's just contrary to the gospel. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't look in the scriptures and see retirement anywhere. Yeah. But I, I see Paul and others living into their golden years. Yeah. Right. Proclaiming the gospel, being persecuted for yeah. their faith. And and somehow we've not allowed that to translate into our life now. Yeah. Right. Where I think as we become older, I think we become bolder. I I and, would hope and so. And sometimes yeah. we yeah. kind of lose our filters too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think at the same time we it is a great opportunity for us to be continue to proclaim the gospel in our communities, in our families as well. Yes. As our kids get older and we have kids and grandkids and the, it's like we want to continue to proclaim the gospel now. But if we're continually yeah. avoiding suffering, we're seeking the comfort and ease of life. I just don't think that the scriptures teach us that. Agreed. You know, and so I think it it it's thinking through how do we challenge one another in those ways to say you know, this isn't the time to move somewhere else. Right. This is the time actually to stay because Oregon needs the gospel. Right. Uh, Deschutes County <clears throat> needs the gospel. I don't know how many right? times I've said that, and yeah. it, it just, I, just, I might as well be talking to a block of wood. Like, I, like <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the answer is I don't know how to right. challenge somebody other than trying to teach them, which is our job. Right. It's our responsibility yeah. as pastors is, of to, suffering. is to undo the garbage thinking yeah. and replace it with... Right. right thinking. Yep. Yeah. But it just seems like like people don't want it. Yeah. Right. Not How, even that they don't get it. They don't want it. Right. Yeah. They don't want it to be true. It's just too hard. <laughs> they don't want it to. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Well, I think How that's true. We, like oh, like I think of a, of a pastor that I know a few years ago that for all the reasons that you're talking about, uh, left Oregon and went to another part of the country where it was going to be easier to be a pastor. Exactly. And, and, and when you have pastors that, that don't understand it and don't have a theology of suffering like how are the people going to understand and have a theology of suffering totally and then you have a unicorn like paul brown right like rebecca wall's dad yeah that had a church he's at retirement age in oklahoma bible belt right established everything's in its place and at like 70 or something at retirement, him and his wife go, you know what? Not only are we not going to retire, we're going to Thailand. And we have nothing there, but we're going to take what we have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to go to this place that's that's not kind right. towards Christianity. It's not familiar to us. We don't speak the same language. Yep. But there's so much gospel need, and, like, the clock's running out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you'd go, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yep. Like, but, yeah. but it's so uncommon. It's right. so, it's so yeah. uncommon. When yeah. you think about... Like if we were to go and interview pastors and people from other countries that are, you know, they meet every Sunday, but they meet in secret. They can't sing too loud because they're afraid the authorities might hear them or somebody's going to barge it. I mean, if we were to go and to talk with them and interview them and have conversations with them, I think we would find for the most part they have a really, there's a depth to their faith. Oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a resilience to it that, that we just don't know and understand. Yeah. And, and, and some of it, as I think, is because we oftentimes just kind of avoid it. No, there there yeah. is absolutely Christian character there. Yeah. That we have no idea about. Right. Yeah. And we we can see it when yeah. we're talking to them or interacting right. with them and and we're going gosh, that's awesome. But I don't think we're willing to Yeah. Good good for you. to jump <laughs> <Right>. the hurdles. <laughs> I'm moving here, right? To acquire yeah. <laughs> what they've acquired, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We well, we, I, we go like this. And I think yeah. it's what was it what Peter said as in 1 Peter um, you know, 1 where he 
he's talking about, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And I think we oftentimes stop there. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that and then sounds he, awesome. <laughs> who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah any, anytime Amen. it talks about fire and us, like, yeah, sign right. me up. I'm out. Yeah. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so rad. We're on. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. How do we? How do, so? In the, kind of those that vein, how do we help? Besides continuing to preach it, how do we help our people to develop a theology of suffering before they get into it? Because oftentimes that's where I mean, our theology oftentimes is developed in the crucible of it. Yeah. But how do we help our people to? develop it before it comes so that their faith is sustained, you know, in, in, and even formed deeper in the midst of it. Yeah. We, we light them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we do trial runs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're next. <laughs> this must be preeminent in our teaching, in our shepherding, yeah. in, in everything we focus. It, yeah. it has to be a subject of normality. Rather than something that you hit somewhere in the text every five years, right? right. It's 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 got to be woven into mm-hmm. um, everything that we are, everything that we've been made, everything we've been saved <clears throat> to, right? Right, and that's our job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because everyone's got to read their Bible selectively, right? It's our job to make sure that they don't miss anything, right? <laughs> right. I, mean, I think I think one of the most as, as as far as I can tell, most sort of prolific writers on this is Piper. John yeah. Piper is, is, you know, even if you look at his Desiring Guide, he's got a number of different messages or articles yeah. on there about, you know, suffering. How how does, you know, Paul say, you know, um, sorrowful yet always rejoicing? Yeah. Um, how do we develop uh, this theology of suffering, but also how do we help our people to right. understand that if we are living genuinely for Christ, suffering and persecution will come. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah. Um, how, whatever depth that is, we, only the Lord knows. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's, it's having an understanding that we, we, don't, we don't have to have all the answers when we're suffering. No. Um, we don't, it's not always a lesson for us to learn. Sometimes it's a lesson for somebody else to learn because sure. they're watching us walk through whatever sure. it might be. That, that's what I was just was going to say that we've got to live it as as pastors. We yeah. do. Um, you know, I think there's a tendency among pastors to you know kind of be guarded from the flock, right? right? But but pastors like we're first and foremost we're part of the flock. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like right. we're, we're part of the people. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so you know as we walk through suffering, you know there there's a sense in which that we ought to try to put that on display, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's can a vulnerability it, right? so, that we need to have. Yeah, kind of lead by yeah. example. There yeah. is. Uh, so people have something That's a to difficult see. thing. Like Paul would yeah. say, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. And, yeah. and so there's, there's a sense in which, okay, we've got to kind of lead the charge in, in mm-hmm. displaying this yeah. And, yeah. and actually believing what we preach. And that's kind of, in a, in a sense, brings us back to like what Paul's kind of doing in a way in Second Corinthians, yeah. right, where he looks like a madman or he goes, let me go on boasting. And and he, I mean, <laughs> it, the, the dude's kind of being, uh, in a weird way, uh, extremely transparent. And a lot of these people know the stories of this guy. I mean, I think he was legendary at the time. That 
you know, talk was going on around the church about, hey, yeah. did you hear what happened to Paul here right. or there? Yeah. And, you know, and then to see this guy um, continue <clears throat> to say what he says, preach what he preaches, hold to what he holds to um, the way that he does is that's that's quite a, a testimony. Yeah. I think the other way we can do it is um, I already talked about just teaching the theology in general, but I think one of the best ways to do that is to be a, a Christ-centered church, just to be a Christocentric um, um, preacher. The mm-hmm. go- putting the gospel always before our people, right. yeah. because what makes gospel gospel is the whole component of suffering that he went through on our behalf. I mean, that yeah. that's really where the beauty is found and yeah. discovered. And so the more that we, like you said, uh, follow me as I follow Christ with Paul, um, we can look at Christ too right. and just go... That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. Right. And and I I want I want some of that. I want you know to uh, we want to, people to be attracted to that. Right. You know what I mean. And yeah. people that have been saved Absolutely. will be. So so yeah. part of it's just being gospel centered. Right. Right. And exploring the depths of Christ yeah. and the gospel of Christ. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I think maybe another, another thing too. I think is just you know like have, having a church and creating an environment where like it, it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I look at somebody else's suffering, that that prepares me for when my suffering comes. Oh, right. for sure. Right, and if we, you know, kind of create an environment where, you know, we walk through suffering together mm-hmm. with one another, uh, that helps the people who have yet to go through, you yeah. know, such a difficulty when yeah. they see that, okay, well, that person went through it, and, you know, we, we did this together, and, yep. you know, we build a community that where, like, it's okay to say, here's what's going on in my life, I need help, you yeah. know, those kinds of, just, you know, yeah. creating the environment. Right. Yeah, it's it's binding when we're all experiencing it together, right. when we right. weep right. with those who weep and, and all that stuff. It's a, it's a yeah. cement, mm-hmm. for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. yeah. How uh, you guys obviously have a, a theology of suffering. What are some passages in Scripture that you feel like have kind of formed that for you as you, as you think about it? What, what are some of those passages that come to mind? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll go back to just you know he- Hebrews eleven. You know, like mm-hmm. s- some were sawn in two. <laughs> like, yeah. like you know, what would those people say to the prosperity gospel? Right, right. So some were. I mean, it's just part of yeah. what we sign up for. Yeah. You know, right. uh, as as Christian, like it's not always going to go well. Yeah, um, and, and it doesn't even matter if it goes well or, or doesn't go yeah. well. What matters is our wit- our witness to Christ mm-hmm. when it's going well, and our witness to Christ when it's not going yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. um mine's Hebrews two. The one that always comes to mind, but I think it's, uh, I want to say 12. I'm not seeing it right now, but I'm pretty sure. For the joy that was set before him, yeah. he endured the cross. And I just, I ponder and meditate on just that simple statement, that simple yeah. verse. Yeah. A- again, looking to Christ in the mm-hmm. way he did it, but that he was looking over this challenge. He was looking over this thing that was causing him hardship and trial to something better, to yeah. the promise. Yeah. And uh, to me, that is always first what comes to mind when I'm going through something that's pressing me. It's like, oh, oh, wait, like there's this thing on the other side that doesn't even compare to this right. thing yeah. that I think is, you know, so, so heavy right now, so yeah. burdensome right now. Like, yeah. it, like it's going to be better. Yeah. It's not always going to feel like this. It's not always going to be like this. There's promises. Right. Right. And so I love that. And then personally, because I'll be challenged with what did I do wrong, right? Mm. And yep. my theology knows better, right. but it doesn't matter. <laughs> my first response is, oh, he's mad at me. Yeah. Right. Right. And so a little God farther. God loves me, but he doesn't like me so much yes. right now. Right. <laughs> so a little farther in Hebrews 12, I love, I call it the woods, the woodshed yeah. section, where if you're, if you're legitimate, like if God sees you truly as mm-hmm. a son, like you are going to feel things that are painful. 
Right. Not because yeah. he yeah. doesn't love you or he's mad at you, because he does love you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he is pleased with you and he is doing something with you. He, yeah. he cares for you so much. He values you so much that he's going to make sure that he does these things in you, this work in you. Yeah. And, and all that work is accomplished through various forms of suffering. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, he, he's, Hebrews 12 is kind of a big one, mm-hmm. which actually Hebrews 11 leads into Hebrews right. 12. Right. right? Yeah. So, it's all, it's the string of um, encouragement. Yeah. Mm-hmm out of suffering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think we I think we we want to encourage our people to read more of those passages of scripture. Get in there. Get in yeah. there and understand Mine. it and Dig. see. Yeah. Because it's all there. I mean yeah. and I think it 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 just helps to inform our thinking. It helps to develop theology of lots of different things, but especially yeah. of suffering and what that's to look like and how we totally. walk through it. because um, I think it's one of those things where when we walk through it we learn some things about ourselves that we <laughs> probably don't always like, but yeah. we also just learn some things about our faith, you know, and, yep. and the strength of it or yep. the weakness of it. Totally. Um, but I think in, in thinking through it more more and more deeply than we do, besides just, well, I wish this thing would just end. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but, but being able to develop our theology in the midst of that. Right. And, and I think about what Paul says, you know, he talks about it being light and momentary affliction, and yeah. he goes on to say... Part of the reason that we think that way is because we are looking at what is unseen and eternal. Right. No and doubt. he talks about it producing a weight of glory. For sure. This light and momentary affliction is producing a weight of glory. And I think sometimes we think, oh, well, we're going to go through the affliction, and the glory is, well, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's there when we get to heaven. Right. But it's actually not. It's actually, it's like developing a muscle. We're, yeah, right. We're learning to develop those muscles totally. in the midst of suffering totally. so that when we face it again, yeah. we're stronger than we were before. Yeah, right. when you start right. lifting weights, like you're, you're only lifting so much. But the right. more that you do it, you're putting, you're putting more weight on the, on the bar yeah. and then more weight on the bar and more weight on the bar, right? right? And it, it's kind of that same way. Yeah. I like that analogy. I think we even see this in like at the end of... Second Corinthians, like 11, where he talks about, mm-hmm. like, we're, you know, the famous passage of, like, hey, I've got this, like, <laughs> this, this minister of Satan. Yeah. I'm suffering. We don't know what it is, but yeah. I'm suffering. And, like, he's praying over and over and over again for God to remove the yeah. suffering. And, and the answer is, like, my, my grace is sufficient for you yep. in this. Like, like, almost like what I'm going to give you in the suffering is way better than if I took it away right now. Sure. Like, right. Right? So it's yeah. not only like, I'm going to give you what you need to get through it, but also like, I'm doing something way better through this than yeah. if I just removed right. it from you. Right. And so, and it's hard to believe when we're in the midst of suffering For that sure. that can be true. Yeah. Right. right. But there's a glory like you're talking about, not just future, but but even present mm-hmm. that God's always, yeah. um, right. you know, fashioning. Yeah. Well, we think of you know, Romans 8 that talks at the end of Romans 8 that like there's nothing that can separate mm-hmm. us from the love of God. And, yeah. You know, you know, Paul gives us a list, you know, height or depth or angels or demons, yeah. you know, like, like nothing. Yeah. And, and like that's a that's a, a cool verse that maybe we put on the refrigerator, but like <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Right. Like, what if that's true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what if that really is true? Like what if that's more than just a platitude? Yeah. 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 What if it's true? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No and matter we, what, you're owned by him and yeah. bound to him. Like, like no matter right. what. Yeah. Yeah. Spur- Spurgeon talks about, I think, in reference to that passage, that that if <laughs> if, if there were any circumstance better for you other than what mm-hmm. you're in now, divine love would have you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true yeah. in your best moment, and it's true in your worst moment. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, but do we do we believe that? Right. No. Well, it <laughs> is going. I mean, it is going backwards to Romans eight twenty eight. When, and a scripture that's used a lot of times, yeah. taken out of context, often is, you know, 
and we know that all things work together for good yeah, for those yeah. who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose. Right. And what we and don't outside always... of the context, that's a nice platitude. Right. It's great. <laughs> right. It's a great refrigerator <laughs> right. magnet, you know. But I think thinking through, it's 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 for the good of the person that loves God, who's been called according to His purpose. It doesn't mean that 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 situation is going to turn out for good. That situation right. may get bet may get worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet God is doing something good in us right. for his glory. It doesn't say that all things are good. It says right. all things work for good. Yeah. If you're a Christian. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if that like that's that's not true for the unbeliever. Yeah. But yep. it's true for the believer. Yep. Yeah. And again like what what if those words really are true? Right. What if they matter? Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> so we Hmm. Probably should. What's our time? Yeah, you better. As we think about just kind of, I mean, we've <laughs> talked a stretch. lot about how we've kind of developed our theology of suffering. What is important to have to be thinking about this biblically? What do we? What What is important for people to know that maybe they're they're in the midst of it? They're they're in the midst of walking through some difficult things. They're they're being persecuted at yeah. work for standing up for things they won't do because it's against what they believe or yeah. you know whatever the case might be, um, or thinking about things that are coming in the future for us as Christians. What do you, what do we say to the the people that are in the midst of those things or kind of walking yeah. through those things? Tr- trust God. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I don't say that lightly. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, just trust God. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to do sometimes, but like believe our Bibles. Like, do we really believe our Bibles are true? Mm -hmm. One of the things I'm going to get into in my sermon on Sunday is that, you know, God is both sovereign and good, right? Right. If if he's just sovereign, if he's just in control of everything, Mm -hmm. but he's not good, then we might have a problem, right? If he's only good and not sovereign, then he he doesn't have control to affect good. But if he's sovereign and good... Right. That that's I mean, for the Christian there's there's no greater truth than that. Yeah. Yeah. That he's for us. And right. we, we belong to him as Christians and he's yep. working for our good in all things. Like trust God that that's true. Yeah. And go into your suffering with that kind of a mindset that, mm-hmm. that God is good in your worst moments. God is working for good in your worst moments. He's growing your faith in your worst moments and embrace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then again, I, I really easier said than done. Sure. Yeah. Um Especially yeah. when the when you're in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for right. sure. I'm not a very sensitive guy, and so like I've I've learned over the years to sit and be quiet with people. You know, I used to be the guy that would just come out of the gate, charge out sure. of the gate with a bunch of you know, well this, <laughs> this and that and that, and right. I'd have plenty to say. It's not always helpful when someone's right in the midst of their suffering. Sure. If they ask me, it's always got to come back to what we do know, which Chad just said. <clears throat> What do we know? Right. Right? Yeah. So not like why not even trying to deal with or tackle why this is happening or what it means and sure. try to interpret it. I mean, I, I think we learn this clearly mm-hmm. from Job. We learn this yeah. clearly from God at the end of Job. Right. Where when God finally starts talking, it's like, I'm not gonna tell you why. You wouldn't understand it even if yeah. I did. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. But 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 you know me, right, Job? Like yeah. you, like you know yeah. that I'm sovereign. You you know that it is my hand that has brought forth all these things, yeah. right? And so, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a focus when it's time to just um, to just reinsert and and reaffirm what we mm-hmm. do know yeah. Yeah. about God, yeah. and that's it because because faith ultimately has to take care of the rest of it, right. no matter what, yeah. right? Yep. So there's there's nothing we can say that's so definitive as to make someone feel better, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Other than to point them back to the the one who's, who's for dead. them, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. I was talking just I was just talking the other day with a, a friend of mine and he's 
you know, he's in a, in a phase in his life where he's suffering with some dementia and mm. forgetting short-term things and other things like that. And, and we were just talking about just kind of living life now. And he was talking about the fact that he has a difficult time, like reading, comprehending, doing those sort of things. But he said, I go back to the truth of God's word that I memorized mm. 30, 40 years ago. And that, that's what I'm able to read. Yeah. He said, that's what I'm able to read in my mind that's when cool. those difficult things come. He's like, this is, this is what has informed my faith in the midst of these challenging times, not diminishing what he's walking through, mm-hmm. but coming back to allowing the truth of God's word to inform his faith. For sure. say, this is what I know to be true, For sure. even if I don't feel like it's true. And I think that's where the truth of God's word, informing our emotions, informing our situations, informing our faith, I think is so critical to us understanding that, mm-hmm, right. because then we're able to come back to it, and say, okay, my 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 emotions, they're just data, they're not direction, but the truth of God's word has to inform um, how I'm living my life and how I'm walking through these these challenging yeah. things in in my faith, for yeah. sure. you know, because um, I just think that that's such an important truth, and I. I think our people sometimes just forget how incredibly important it is f- to be faithfully in God's Word, yeah. trusting in His Spirit to lead us and guide us on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. just how that informs our faith, and, yeah. and especially, I think, how it helps to walk us through suffering, trusting in the promises of God. Yep. Yep. You know, that, like Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Yeah. Yeah, He's fixed, firm, yeah. you know, by His faith, and um, like... Hope is a big thing, like to, to reinsert hope as much as we can, which is yeah. this thing that we're not right now experiencing, but we know is just up ahead, yeah. right? Like that that's so much of it, and of course that's directly tied to faith too. It's all bound Absolutely. to faith, but like you guys were in Romans 8, like I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Like only faith can assure you of that, but he he's talking hope here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hope is yeah. what allows me to, to walk well through this thing right now, right, right is what's yeah. up ahead. And yeah. then he goes into creation, right? you know, being broken and being redeemed and waiting for the sons of God, or yeah, the sons of God to be revealed and yeah. all that stuff. So like um, hope is always helpful because mm-hmm. when we're in the midst of um, suffering, despair seems to always be king. Right. Right. So we need right. to... That's need the to, focus we're on. We need yep. to battle despair with hope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I would say is is I would say like Paul uses Psalm 116 in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 where he's talking about um, we believe so we spoke, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's referring back to the psalmist, David, who God had saved him from death. And he it was it seems to be that he was um, suffering as a result of that because of his faith. They were trying to kill him. And Paul knew that, obviously. But I think to encourage people to talk about <coughs> the ways that God has saved us in different situations and scenarios and circumstances, I think, like you said earlier, it encourages others right. to know, yeah. okay, we can do this. You know, I'm, I'm walking through this. So-and-so maybe yeah. walked through the same thing I did. I'm going to have a conversation with them. That's encouragement for them to, to continue to keep moving forward, to keep trusting in right. God, you know. So you've got and, the hope, which is to look ahead, but yeah. you've also got the, um, the reflection which is to look behind, right. which is to look back, right? That's yep. what the Ebenezer was. That's what yeah. uh, the monuments were, that they yep. would build, build in those places where God had done something ridiculous, yeah. right, and um, proved himself to be God, right? So that every time they saw that and their next generation, the next generation saw it, they're like, 
God did this here, right? Yep. So looking ahead, looking back, uh, like the being stuck in the moment is probably the worst thing that can happen. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't mean we should escape or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or medicate. Like yeah. we, we want to feel it. We want to experience right. it. It's for a reason God's doing something. But to only be stuck there and to think that it's only ever going to feel like that or be like that is, yeah, it's troubling. Yeah. You know, it's a trap. So, right. Yep. Well, maybe I, maybe I'll just close with this um, passage or this verse from Isaiah 40, if that's okay with you guys. And then maybe, Chad, do you want to pray for us? Yeah. Um, this is a passage that I've thought about and over a long time because when, when I was in, I think it was in college, I was just in a challenging time in life. And this is a passage or verse that kept coming back to me from Isaiah 40, 31. It's a, a familiar passage of Scripture that we probably all know. But they who waited for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hmm. You know, just the reality that there are times when we walk through things and God just wants us to wait on Him. Yeah. And, and trust Him that He'll bring <clears throat> us out on the other side yep. and we'll be, we'll be the better for it. Absolutely. And our faith will be stronger as a result if we'll allow him to work in it, you know. So, yep. anything else? Agreed. I think we covered it. I think we covered Shoo. it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming and doing thanks this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate good, good you. Good topic today. Yeah, you always got. Good discussion. You always got good stuff. It's like normal having you on here. <laughs> I appreciate being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's pray and yeah. call it a day. God, thanks for today, and I uh, just pray that our discussion was helpful for people in mm. developing a theology uh, of suffering. Uh, and I would just pray for those who would be tuning in that, that you would help uh, all of us to be able to walk through suffering uh, with faith, that you mm. would uh, bolster our faith, uh, that you would help us to see the things that we need to see, that you would help us to believe our Bibles, uh, and that you would mm. help us uh, just to be um, bright lights as, as a witness for Christ uh, as we walk through the difficulties uh, of life. And so help us to not be surprised uh, when they come. Help us to embrace difficulties, trusting that you are both sovereign and good uh, in the midst of even the most difficult of things. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.